First impressions are pretty important. But how important is the third? We're going to be looking at Mike Nervell's true third opening game for the 2022 season against LSU. And also, where does FSU stack up with in-state recruiting amongst the big five stars and even the rest of blue chippers that are four-star recruits? To that more on today's edition of Lock on Seminoles. You are Locked on Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. I said at the top of the hour, or actually, I don't think I said at the top of the hour, it's your boy Drake here, and today I'm joined by Mr. David Wise. Davey, what's going on? What's going on? I feel like now we're the hair podcast, because look at you and me with the uh, locks flowing. Yep, hair pods. Uh, it's the new thing coming out. It's not an Apple hair product. Pods. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a locked on exclusive. Oh Lord, have mercy, have mercy! But today, I think you're you're going to be driving the ship a little bit today, Dave, because you were kind of the one texting me the word that hey, why don't we talk about this, this, and it's a prize third segment. So, Dave, you know what? I'm going to hand the ball to you. Take us away with where you want to start off with first. Yeah. So last week we were having a conversation. I posed the question of. What is the effect of the LSU game on on your perception of this of Mike Norvell and this current era of coaching at FSU working out? Like I asked you, what is it currently uh, for you, for the FSU fan base for nationally? And how is that impacted by the LSU game, for example? Like if we go out there and we beat LSU, how does that change your perception of the likelihood this tenure works out? What percentage of the FSU fan base do you think will be on board nationally, et cetera? So I will open that right up and just ask you, um, what percentage you, what, what percentage of the FSU fan base and the national college football landscape do you think currently believes that this coaching staff and the Mike Norvell era is the era to return FSU to prominence? So I think the national perspective, and this is where I think me and Max differ, if you can tell from the group chat, I think Max will probably give his opinion on it later on the week or sometime next week because I think that he is going out of town. Yep. Um, I think national perception-wise, the when he first got hired, it was 80%. It was like super-duper high because it waited over at Memphis. And also you kind of see like basically how all the place players loved him and basically said, like, hey, the I mean, the dream is free, but the hustle sold separately. That's the sort of thing where like you, you kind of had that mantra with him. But going into year three, I think the national perception might be around 10, maybe 15%. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the uh, the coaching list that we discussed a few weeks ago, he was, I think, in the bottom 15 of coaches in the Power Five after in- entering his third year here. Yep. Uh, I know on three just dropped their uh, hottest hot seats board, and he was, I think, number three on that list. And then ESPN, the same thing there. It seems a lot of the – it's not that – I think they think they still like Mike Nerva as a coach. I just think the love for him is not translating to whether they whether they believe that he's going to be actually be able to turn the ship around with this because as of right now, what do you what can you point to that anything positive has come up from his tenure? Right. And and what about for among the FSU fan base? What percentage do you, do you think of the fan base currently believes this staff? Not not the national landscape, but just just FSU fans. Do you think believe this staff is it? I think I said 40 when you asked me yeah. this earlier. I think it's more like 30, maybe 35% too, because like it's, I mean, a lot of people still believe in Mark Nevel. To me, I think he's going to be you know, like my ceiling for him when he got hired was he could be a Ron Zook. 
where basically he's able to build the foundation, bring in some players. And so, I mean, the foundation seems fine. He's a lot more organized culturally. It does seem to be turning, but I don't know if the players aspect of it, and we'll talk, probably touch about that a little bit more in the next segment yep. is actually going, you know, coming to fruition because it just seems like overall, like part of me believes that FSU, the fam, FSU's fan base is just really wanting to work out. And we all really, really want to work out to the point where if you see from the past few media, the past few years, and something that maybe kind of ties to a little bit now, where it's like they're making excuses for him. And yep. I think we're one of the few podcasts here that tries not to do that because whenever he does something good, we give him props. I mean, the Trey Benson pickup, that looks awesome now. I don't know. That was it like, does. I'll put my foot in my mouth. Yeah, I tra- hoped I would. Yeah, transfers too. I mean, he's doing well with that. We're bringing Jermaine Johnson last year, Kira Thomas, and we'll see what happens in year three. But as of right now, I think a lot of people are at the point now where it's like, okay, show me. And that's where I think it's more like it's kind of like close to the middle, but a little more lean towards that. We don't believe in him as much as we did when he was initially hired. Right. And so the point of this conversation and, and just it is interesting, I think, your perspective that the FSU fan base uh, is higher in terms of their belief of Mike Norvell than the national fan base, likely, like you said, because they want and need it to work out. Uh, Max, I think, thinks the national uh, perspective is higher on Mike Norvell uh, for whatever reason, not not for whatever reason that Max thinks that for whatever reason that the national pundits come up with. Um, setting that aside, though. This this is an important, like you said, uh, third impression. You don't often get those. Um, Mike Norvell does. Uh, it isn't technically the opening game, but for all intents and purposes, it is. The LSU game is. Um, it's important. I asked you the question of if we get blown out by LSU, how does that change those percentages in your mind, if at all? And if we beat LSU, how does that change those percentages? Uh, tell the folks what your what your thoughts are on that. If we beat LSU. What is the impact of that on the fan base and the national perspective in terms of thinking Mike Norvell will succeed or if we were to get blown out by LSU, for example? So I think if uh, we get blown out by LSU, I think they'll say the same. I think basically it's going to be a lot of confirmation for a lot of people believing that Mike Norvell isn't the guy. And then I think for some people that people that are in Mike Norvell's camp, they most likely will probably be saying, oh, it's an SEC West team. This is a very talented team. And LSU, as we're going to be dropping the LSU interview with Locked On LSU's host, Carolyn Fighting later this week, like overall, like that's a very talented roster, especially on the yeah. defensive line. So a lot of it's going to be be the same. Now, if we blow them out, I think you're going to see a lot of national media being like kind of perk their ears up a little bit and like, oh, okay, we might have something a little bit more here. Because to me, if we actually if we blow them out, that shows that uh, Jordan Travis has developed as a passer. Yeah. That shows that our wide receivers that we brought in with a Winston Wright Jr., a Johnny Wilson, a Micah Pittman are legit, and also shows that our defense is picking up where they left off of last year were being a very above average to a very solid defense. So I think probably national media go to a quarter, you know, tip up, tick up, tick up 10, 15%. Yep. And then FSU fan base, honestly, I'm not, it's not going to do anything for me. Cause I want to see a little bit more like, Hey, you, you, you've done it twice to me with UNC. You yep. did with Miami, you did with Notre Dame last year. So I won't move. But I think the majority of the FSU fan base, you might go right back in the middle of 50% and be like, Oh, okay. We might actually be cooking, cooking something here. Yeah. I mean, like you said earlier, First impressions are really important. Didn't really pass the first impression test, but he's gotten a second and now he's getting a third. Uh, huge game against LSU. Can't really be overstated the importance in terms of not. It's probably more important to not lose this game than it is to win this game. As weird as that sounds, and I know it's the same thing, but. I must say it is the same thing. I know. It, 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 I don't I don't know how to word that in a way that makes sense. We just. It's not one of those. You're a lawyer. It, you, I know. You should be able to make an argument. It feels like, like one of those games you just can't afford to lose. 
I don't really care that we, I care that we beat LSU and I care that we beat uh, Brian Kelly. I hate that guy. Uh, but <laughs> I just, I can't lose another one of those first impressions. And, and I will say it says something that Mike Norvell is in, you know, on these hot seat lists. Um, I think the coaches at Florida state based on our history are expected to perform to a certain point. And obviously this is seemingly right now, two in a row that either can't get the job done or obviously haven't gotten the job done. There's still time. He goes out there and blows LSU out um, and then works through that ACC schedule and comes out on top of that, you know, setting us up for an eight or nine win season. I think the narrative can change but it all starts and possibly ends with that first game of the year or really first game. And I think blowing out an LSU team is a little bit different than probably what we did with Notre Dame last year, like playing them super duper close. Right. And because blowing out LSU team, like as much as their record was not that great the past few seasons, this is still a very, very talented roster. And you'll, you'll hear from Caroline later this week where basically they were so frustrated by how bad they were because of how good their team is. I mean, they have the number one wide receiver, in the in the entire league, don't they always by name and by name and talent? Because Keishon Boutte, that man's a monster. That kid's a sicko. And yeah. then you have Miles Brand too. If he, if he's fully healthy, he's the Jordan Travis. Like he is probably that team lives and breathes and dies by him. And then you have Jane Daniels with the Mike Denbrock hire. Like that's a really elite staff there as well. I mean, you hate Brian Kelly. I'm not the, his big, biggest fan either. He's a very damn good coach and a very good offensive one at that. So if we beat them, and by using you, us blowing them out. That's going to probably scratch, not scratch. It's going to probably, it's going to, like I said, perk a lot of people's ears up because that's, that might show the tide is finally turning because that's something that we haven't had in a very long time where we steal a game Uh, because being UNC twice in a row to me, beating UNC isn't stealing, stealing one. It's just not. Yeah. uh, Just got to show me something. It's show me, show me or get out of town time. Um, But Drake, speaking of show me, uh, do you have anything to show, show the listeners? Talking about these odds at betonline.net, your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Dave, that was a great segue, by the way. Folks, basically, well, you know what it is. Betonline.net, your fastest place where you get all the latest sports action, whether it be NBA Finals, shout out to the Golden State Warriors, take down the take down, take down the Celtics because at Boston, Angel Stanley Cup is about to be right around the corner as well. Hopefully, the Rangers can finish off the Tampa Bay Lightning because nothing pleases me more than Tampa Bay fans being depressed about anything sports-related. <laughs> and the MLB because... My morals are terrible, so I need to do something else when it comes to baseball. But, folks, head over to betonline.net and use promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Drake, we are back for segment number two here. Let's shift the conversation a little bit, but still related to what the coaching staff is doing. Thank you, everybody who has tuned in to listen to this episode. You're getting the lovely rare occurrence of me hosting today. Uh, it's anyway, terrible. I'm joking. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, right. Oh, you guys tell me down below. Um, anyways, okay. Let's talk in-state recruiting. Drake, this has worried me for a long time now. It was something that Jimbo Fisher came in and made a clear point of the importance of not just talking about it. He talked about it plenty in his press conferences, but he also went out and did it, and he did it quickly, and he did it with the most important players, the most important talent level in the state the five stars and the blue chips. Well, my questions are, can, can FSU get back to the mountaintop of college football, meaning competing for ACC championships and competing for a college football playoff spot without reclaiming dominance for in-state recruiting right now? And I ask you that with the setup of 
the whole state is not recruiting well right now in state. No, there is that. every, all the important, the five stars and the blue chips, most of them from the state of Florida are leaving the state to go elsewhere. That used to be what Florida state uh, relied on in, in its run in the eighties and nineties was having a stranglehold on a lot of the elite Florida talent that hasn't been happening. Can we make it back without reclaiming our spot atop the Florida recruiting mountain? I mean, you can primarily because now, I mean, it was kind of probably the best kept secret for not only Florida State, but also for the University of Miami and also for the University of Florida, too, as well. Like, basically, they locked down the state of Miami, which is basically Orlando all the way down to football wise. Yeah. Um, now you have every school in the country coming down here, not only, or is it, you know, your Ohio State, Alabama, the Clemsons. It's also, you know, your group of five with Cincinnati, too, as well. UCF is kind of right there as well. I don't think we need to be the number one school actually in the state recruiting wise. But I do think we need to at least attempt to grab some of these kids and recruit them in part to probably stay in state. And it doesn't have to be every single five star kid right now. Right now, we under like I hope the fan base understands that we are in no position right now to probably land a majority of five star kids unless yeah. they're a legacy. That's why I think the Hakeem Williams kid is someone that we definitely need to keep an eye on. But also when you see a kid like a Keon Brown who is in your own backyard and commits Oklahoma. That is something that's a little more troubling because that's a four-star kid that basically probably was begging to come here. Yep. So to me, overall, you need to, like, I, I love, you know, that we're able to cast a wire net and recruit kids from, you know, Texas, Louisiana, Arizona. But your FSU, you are you have the recruiting hotbed right in your backyard. Yep. Basically, your three-star kids, like, are down here would be five, four, five-star kids in other states because of who they play against. Like Omar Graham Jr. is going to be a stud. He's a lower three-star, and we already can see he's a, he most likely is going to be a hit. So overall, to me, you just need to start recruiting in Florida better. And that's just we need to make that more of an importance. And also it's like South Florida too as well. But Florida, to me in particular, especially South Florida, needs to be having has a uh, priority when it comes to basically where you should be locating at. Right. And like you said, we can cast a wider net now. That's just with modern travel and technology, that's easier. Um, so it's possible to have, for example, a top 20 recruiting class without crushing it uh, with the in-state recruiting. However, would, would the staff's continued recruiting at the current level in-state of just Florida recruits, if we keep recruiting at that level? No, because is there's, that, there's no, we're not at a level right now at all when it comes to Florida recruits. <laughs> That, that probably answers the question, but if we don't improve our Florida recruiting, is that is that something that will single-handedly seal the staff's fate in your mind? 100%. Um, primarily because it's really, it's, how do I put this? I was, I'm trying to find, like, this is where I do this thing where I think you you and Max have noticed it, where I try to find a nice way to put it, but right. not being a total asshole about what I'm about to say. It's more that the staff needs to understand that they have basically prime real estate here. People freak out that we're going to be Nebraska or Tennessee, like we me and you talked about today when we were texting. Yeah. Tennessee and Nebraska don't have the talent-rich uh, – talent, sorry, they're not a talent-rich state when it comes to college football. Florida is not only talent-rich for football, it's also talent-rich for baseball too as well and soccer. Yep. So overall, you have no excuse to when, they actually, when you should be even in the top 10 for some of these kids, even the top 20, or even speaking to some of these kids. Because overall, like to me, you, you right now as staff – you're not getting, like I said earlier, you're not getting five stars, but you should still be competing for the higher four stars, lower, the higher three to four stars right there overall. And then primarily most of them should be in your home state because it's a shorter trip. It's a lot easier to sell. And also some kids, you know, they want to get out of Miami. They want to get out of South Florida. They want to go up somewhere else, you know, away from home. 
you're able to sell that. Also, South Georgia's right there too. What Georgia, you know, has, has no longer has any more spots. You know what? We're right there to grab. So overall, to me, Florida recruiting should be prime and number one overall. Well, so this is the last question I'll ask on this topic, then we'll move on. But when Mike Norvell came in and, and brought his staff in, one of our biggest, if not the biggest concerns was, can this staff recruit Florida? There was, other than like Odell Hagen's, for example, there was, there was very limited in the way of successful Florida recruiting on the staff. That was a huge concern, continues to be a huge concern, obviously. So my question to you is, what needs to happen or change for us to be able to recruit at the level necessary uh, to return to being the FSU of recent past in the 80s and 90s or anywhere near it, just success at FSU uh, within state recruiting? Is it a change of the coaching staff? Is it just wins and losses? Are our kids, are Florida kids that consumed with wins and losses that that's the reason they're not looking at us anymore? Or is it just that this staff isn't tuned into enough to Florida recruiting to make it happen? So I'm going to probably go with those first two. So because the last one a little bit to me, I will say that you may not, but when the staff came here originally, you probably weren't the, I guess the closest or basically had the best of ties, but we've seen with like an Alex Atkins and also Marcus Woodson and uh, honestly, John, John Puches too, who's been really good at recruiting as well. Like they've actually been able to establish great relationships down here, you know, with Adele's assistance. So to me, that's a little more, it's fine, but I do think that basically with, you know, Kenny Watson leaving, I think we should need to bring someone else in to kind of, kind of fill that role. I know Bartos not the most popular guy on here, but he was instrumental in bringing some other kids. I know one of them, AJ Duffy was a kid from out of state, but still you need people like that. Some like who are in the staff to me, it goes back down to probably some of your bigger spots. Um, Kane Dillingham was lost recruiting wise. I mean, the dude's corny as hell, but kids like talking to him. Kid, right. I mean, Chris Parson probably, was the main reason why he committed here. And now we're kind of worried about whether he's going to be here or not. And then you also have to look at your defensive coordinators, both of them um, with Adam Fuller. I'm in the opinion that he's not a good recruiter mainly because I don't think kids want to play for him. If we're being completely honest here, we saw like a lot of times last year, the defense was struggling. They seem to be basically dismissive of him on the sideline. And then with Randy Shannon, I know, and this is basically going to what Max was saying. Maybe it's, maybe it's passed him by. Maybe overall at this point that he's just basically, he's, he's got the connections, but he's also like what? Almost 60. Like he's yeah. not young anymore. His connections might have dried up. So we don't know exactly what we're getting from him. So to me, it's, I think the staff needs to look, look, look a little more in themselves, but also they need, they need to prioritize who they can get. And also like not be so like wary of like some of these kids they should, they should be going after. It feels like the linebacking board, there is none at all period. The one, the kid that we're looking at, Caleb Valle, who's not even, not even a Florida kid. He committed to UNC today. And I can't tell you any linebackers that we're in on right now at all period. And Florida has several top tier linebackers that we could have gotten that just right now it's it's a lot it's a lot of a mess. And to me, it starts with Norvell not prioritizing or basically honing in who we should go after. And also I think it's the coordinator spot being kind of a detriment. Yeah, I guess we're gonna learn this year uh whether winning cures all or whether losing kind of just winning creates, helps you, obviously. Or well, whether it cures all or whether losing creates a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think we're far enough into this this experiment to figure out this year, can this staff cut it with Florida recruiting? And if they win, is that the answer? Um, Drake, you have anything to you have anything to tell the folks about what would winning be like? Winning honestly would be like a nutritious, delicious built bar. That's right, folks. Built.com has a new flavor called the caramel brownie because do you love a chocolate chewy chocolatey brownie? I know Dave does. I, do. I know my fat ass does. Because trust me, folks, the caramel brownie is delicious. It's 130 calories, 
17 grams of protein, only four, uno, dos, tres, cuatro grams of sugar. And that's what you want because as your boy, the Terry Barcia Casanova, Dave is the cookie dough connoisseur, and you have Max over there as the head of the peanut butter brownie brigade. So going over to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off your order. Once again, built.com, promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, built.com, let's get healthy together. All right, Drake, we are back for our last segment now. And let's, let's change it up here a little. I think, I feel like, you know, it seems like almost every time we talk about football these days, it's something negative and we'll, we'll, we'll keep that trend going a little, uh, but we'll end on a positive. We'll end on a positive. Um, we have another you googly to do. And I wish we didn't have to another what a you googly. Have you seen Zoolander? It's when you eulogize. Oh, something. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's a you googly. Okay. We have another you googly here, folks. Um, I'm not happy about it. You're not happy about it. Probably we did it with the basketball team. We got to do it again here. Unfortunately, we'll just, we'll get this out of the way and we'll move past it. Unfortunately, the softball season's season, the softball team season came to an or just a bizarrely early end. It should never have happened that way. We know how good that team was, uh, but this baseball team season came to a fairly predictable end. Um, one of the best pitching staffs in the country. And yikes just barely made barely squeaked into the regionals and the season came to an end after a just how much did we lose by against ucla was it like a thousand uh i think oh well i think it was auburn that was like right, 21 to 5 or 21 to 6 something like that because i know we lost a ucla two to one and even though jonas Colaro pitched a hell of a game too which was like i'm like that kid and he listened he left it all out there and he that's what we needed out of him man as someone who is a fan of a diehard fan of a very bad baseball team, it's really, really honestly just poetic that I have two of them are in the top four for Cy Young odds with the Marlins. And I have two stud pitchers on the FSU Basel team and Parker Messick and Bryce Hubbard, and neither of them can get run support. I'm not going to go any further than that because, quite frankly, play discipline is something that I was harped on with me as a kid for a very long time. Also, approach to shout out Tyler Martin, who actually understands what I'm talking about. The rest of the team. I'm, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, I, you know, I would like to sit here and tell you there's always next year. There's not always next year. We'll make the NCAA tournament. We'll extend our streak. But, yeah, something, something big is going to have to change here or we know exactly what to expect. And what we can expect is postseason run and nothing more. Hey, I will, I will say, I will say a local kid from down here is going to be coming up a top, top five, almost four-star, five-star baseball product catcher, Santiago Ardonis. I'm not only saying that because I play with his brother, but he is definitely going to be a Salvador Perez for FSU. Call me on that. That's positive news. Look at that. And we'll segue that, that recruiting into another and the final topic of the day, which is we made the front page of ESPN yesterday. Um, it is not every day that FSU makes the front page of ESPN at all. And usually when we do, it's something either funny, bad, or just bad, uh, but bad either way. Uh, we made the front page of ESPN for basketball recruiting. That's how you know it's good and a big deal. Uh, that's right. Baba Miller is one of the top international basketball prospects in the world out of Spain who pledged his pledged his commit to FSU over Gonzaga. He signed too, actually. He's, okay, signed, excuse me, over Gonzaga. Uh, Gonzaga was, I guess, expecting to have a scholarship spot open up. Um, it just didn't happen. 
He is absolutely Gonzaga quality. That should tell you everything you need to know. Every year, it's Gonzaga is one of the best teams in the country. And he would have fit in in their basketball program, meaning he should be one of the best players on Florida State's roster, if not right away, pretty quickly after he gets on campus. Yeah, shout out to Drew Timmy for um, uh, coming back to Gonzaga for a six-year because if he actually (laughs) stayed in the NBA draft, this kid would go to Gonzaga. He is that damn good. I mean... Dave, you know you ever you know the story of Anthony Davis? Tell me. So Anthony Davis, he was a point guard actually heading into high school, and then I think it was his junior season or his senior year, he went from six foot two to six ten or six eleven. What he's going on right now? That's what Bob Miller just did. Bob yeah. Miller was a six foot two point guard, so he still has that the passing ability, the winging ability, the shooting the shooting prowess on the outside, and now he just got taller, and this is massive because. We lost like John Butler isn't coming back, yep. and that was somebody that was that that sucked. I'm not gonna lie, to you. that probably would have been one of Big our loss. most important players to come like to come back almost like probably on the same level, if not more, than Bob Balsa Corporate leaving last year. Yep. So, overall, this is a massive get, and this is basically like folks were recruiting wise. This is basically like us grabbing who, who can we say here? This is like us keeping Cam Davis over Alabama mm. for next season oh, or, or possibly, possibly maybe us grabbing DJU over Clemson. If that was, you know, going back and forth or maybe it's like Jameis Winston from a few seasons ago beating, beating Stanford and Alabama for him. So this is just a massively massive get. And this is something that it shows that coach ham. He ain't slow. Got it. Yeah. He ain't going anywhere. Six foot 11 shot over shot 50% from three. Always love international prospects who are that tall shooting like that from three. He's going to help us right away. This train should pick right back up where it left off a couple years ago when we should have been in it for a national title. Ham just keeps it going. Please don't go anywhere. Please don't retire. You're one of the programs we need to be good right now. Uh, And I think that's it for today's show. Right, Drake? You got anything else to add? All I got to say is a kid plays for Real Madrid. I'm pretty sure Luka Doncic played there too. So um, that's something that we really it, – it, he's not coming from some random, you know, international European league. He's coming from La Liga who basically – Real Madrid cares a lot about their sports, especially when it comes to soccer and basketball. Yeah, that de- definitely. Um, just playing for Real Madrid seems like a cool thing because it's like they're good at soccer. So it just feels like we're getting somebody good just based on football, the name alone. It's, it's football. It's football. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, it's soccer. It's America. Anyways, thank you everybody for tuning in. Please, if you like the video, give us a thumbs up, uh, subscribe to the channel, uh, hit the little thing at the little thing at the top. It'll tell you, turn on your notifications. The bell. Yeah. Turn, ding the little bell. It'll tell you when our episodes drop. Uh, Drake, what else am I missing? Uh, like this video and comment down below for the uh, mailbag Mondays that we'll mm-hmm. be doing, even though it's now a Tuesday. It actually helps us out a lot more if you do them ahead of time. And also we are having the lockdown LSU host. I said before, we, Max and I sat down with her last week. And we're bringing that on. And also, we're going to be speaking to the rest of the Locked On hosts and also hosts of other schools that don't have a Locked On. Did you know, remember, Can Lemons to Bro? It's going to be a uh, it's going to be a good time. Going to be a good time. That was Drake. This was Dave. Thank you, everybody, from Locked On Seminole. See you next time. Take care, everybody. <laughs>